You're listening to The Thriving Nurse Podcast. I'm your host, Abby Sanchez, and this is episode 168, How to Avoid Distractions and Get More Done. Did you know your nursing dream job is out there? But it's not something you find. It's something you create. And I can show you how. I'm Abby Sanchez, and I'm a life coach for nurses. Using my experience at the bedside, along with my psychology degree, I help nurses build confidence, manage overwhelm, and fall in love, or back in love, with being a nurse. So come along with me, and I'll help you create the career and life you crave. You ready? Let's go. What keeps you from getting the things done that you want to? Do you ever feel that way where you think about a goal that you have or something you were just hoping to check off your to-do list and you're like, I didn't get that thing done again, or it keeps getting postponed, or I keep procrastinating, or things keep getting in the way. So I want you to think about those things in your life, and I'm getting it really broad as far as what that may be. Maybe it's housework, maybe it's a goal, maybe it's a hobby, maybe it's that you're in school and you're not getting your assignments done as early as you want to. So how do you answer that question? What is keeping you from getting those things done? All right, so that's what we're going to talk about today. I'm going to help you get more done and also get it done on the timeline you're hoping for. All right. So I think this is going to be really helpful to you guys, especially if you're in school or you're a parent or you feel like you're juggling a lot of things all at once, then this is going to really help you out. Okay. So before we get into this episode, though, I want to remind you guys that during the summer, we've got two episodes coming out every week. So the original or the typical episode on Wednesdays, that's nursing specific. And then Fridays, you will see a bonus episode. So you might've noticed that last week, there's the summer love bonus episode where I'm going to be helping you in your relationships. So these episodes are focused on helping you create more connection, less conflict, and just not feel stagnant in your relationship. If you're like, I feel like our relationship could be even better, but I'm not sure how to get it there. That's what those episodes are all about, okay? So make sure if you're interested, you check back on Fridays. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so you don't miss any of the episodes. But if you're not interested in relationship stuff, totally fine. Come here and talk to me on Wednesdays. We'll talk about our typical nursing stuff and managing work-life balance and stress and all of that we typically cover. All right? So today, we're going to be focusing on getting more done and possibly why you're not getting stuff done when you hope you will. So how do you answer that question? What is keeping you from getting things done? You might have a whole bunch of different ideas about what that is. Maybe you think it's something with yourself. Like I used to think, I'm just a procrastinator. I like to procrastinate and wait till the last minute till there's more pressure. And then I do usually get it done, but it's with a little bit more stress because it's at the last minute. But I used to think it was something about me. So maybe you have some thoughts about yourself. Maybe you think you're a procrastinator. Maybe you even think I'm lazy. That's why I don't get it done. I don't follow through. I'm not committed enough. You could have some thoughts like that, some things about yourself that you're like, this is the problem. We're going to talk about all of this, all right? I don't want you to beat yourself up. Just be honest with yourself about what your reasons are. 
for not getting the things done you want to, okay? Another reason could be there's just so much to do. That's a common one for me now, right? Where I'm like, well, I was planning to clean the bathrooms, but my kids need me or this came up or I have this podcast episode to record or whatever, right? It's like, there's so many other things to do. I'm working today or my husband's sleep schedule is different than I was expecting. So we're just like, there's just so much to do. It's just kind of chaotic. So I'm not getting things done. And then maybe another one could be other people needing you and requiring things of you, which kind of falls into that category I just said, right? Like maybe my kids need me. Maybe my kid isn't napping when I expect them to be, or they're sick, or I just need to make dinner and do other things to take care of other people in my life. So those are the reasons I came up with. You might have some different things come up for you when I ask that question, but what do you think it is that's keeping you from getting things done? So we're going to talk about those three that I just mentioned, but if you have others, then come to Instagram and DM me. Let me know what's holding you back from getting things done. If you don't feel like it's covered here today, I'd love to hear what those things are for you, those challenges that you face. But first let's talk about procrastinating. I think this is an interesting one because like I said, you might have some thoughts about yourself and one of them could be, I'm a procrastinator. But then I want to ask you, what are you making that mean? So I mentioned some things that we might have some judgments of ourselves for being a procrastinator. You might think it means I'm lazy. It means I'm irresponsible or I'm not as organized and as reliable as someone who doesn't procrastinate. And I just want you to know that that might not even be true. But a lot of times when it comes to procrastinating, we hold it as almost a moral issue. We have these other judgments about ourselves that make it like about our morality and about how good we are as a person, how valuable we are. I think that's really interesting to notice. We do this with a lot of different things. When people come over to your house and it's messy, do you apologize for the mess? I always find that so fascinating that we do that. It's like, oh, my house is messy, so I'm going to apologize to you as if I'm harming you, as if I'm doing something immoral and wrong. Like if I stole from you, yes, I would expect that that'd be something I'd apologize for, right? Or if I lied or if I gossiped or something like those are things I might want to say morally I'm opposed to. But having a messy house, I don't think is actually doing anything morally wrong or harming people, yet we apologize for it. Kind of interesting, right? I think we make a lot of things moral issues that are not moral issues, like what we eat. Now, for some people, that could be a moral issue, right? Like if you follow a certain diet because of religious beliefs, then maybe it is more of a moral issue as far as those certain foods go. Or if you're vegan or vegetarian and you feel like that's tied to your morality, then I can see how that could be a moral issue. But other times we're like, it's a moral issue because I ate this many calories when this is really what my body needs. Or I ate these foods, even though I know they're not great for my body, instead of eating these foods. So you see how we make it mean something about our character or how good we are, and we feel guilt and shame for those things. 
Sometimes, right? Not everybody does, but it's interesting to notice when we do make it a moral issue. And I think sometimes we do that with procrastinating. I used to do that about myself. I used to think I'm a procrastinator or I don't do things as early as some people, right? Once I married my husband and we went through nursing school together, I realized he actually waits a little later than I do, but I kind of made it a moral issue. I was like, oh, so I'm actually a little bit better because I do my assignment earlier, even though he'd still get his done. But I thought I was worse than those other people who did it way ahead of time. And so it was kind of like this ranking. But now I don't make it mean any of that nonsense. And I just want to give you permission that if you want to keep procrastinating, if it works for you, you totally can. You do not have to shame yourself for it. You don't have to make it a moral issue. For me, sometimes I'm like, you know what? I procrastinated on doing a podcast episode. This week, I'm not. This week, I'm doing it way ahead of time, actually. But some weeks, I'm doing it Tuesday night or even on Wednesday, I'm finishing editing and posting it. And I could beat myself up for that if I want to. Or I could say, thanks, me, for getting it done. Even though it was the last minute, that's totally fine. I still did it. I did the work. I put in that effort. And I can be grateful to myself. So I just want you to choose intentionally what you think about yourself. If you do have a tendency to procrastinate, you can choose to make it mean it's a big deal and it's a problem, or you can choose to make it mean it's totally fine. Nothing's wrong with you. All right. Now, if your procrastination is causing problems for you, you might choose to take a look at it, right? If you're like, I'm procrastinating and I'm not doing very well on my school assignments, or I'm procrastinating and then I'm not following through on commitments I made to other people, then you might decide, okay, I want to take a look at it and work through it, but it doesn't have to be from guilt and shame and beating yourself up. It can be from love and compassion. Like what's going on for me? How can I help myself work through this better? Maybe I'm thinking that I'll have enough time and it turns out I don't. And we can look at it from a more loving place instead of beating ourselves up for it. But you could also just decide this is not a problem. I procrastinate, but I still get things done. It works out. Now, If you do procrastinate or you feel like there are lots of distractions, I want you to really know that there's nothing wrong with you. Or if you're someone where it comes time to do the thing you committed to do, so let's take schoolwork for example. If you're planning to write a paper on this day and it comes time to write that paper and you're like, you know what, maybe I should actually clean the kitchen or go grocery shopping or scroll my phone. There is nothing wrong with you. This is how normal human brains work. Our brain likes to save energy and it likes to do things that are fun and not things that are tedious and challenging and require a lot of thinking and effort. So it makes total sense that if you are sitting down to write your paper and you're feeling like, oh, this is going to be really hard. I have to think of all this smart stuff to say and find all this research and edit things and follow the rubric. And there's just so much to it. It's so complicated. Then it makes perfect sense that your brain's going to be like, you know what actually sounds better than that is cleaning the kitchen. Even though cleaning the kitchen might not be your favorite thing to do, it sounds better than putting all of that energy and effort into writing your paper. 
and it gets a faster payoff, right? Then you have a clean kitchen to enjoy. Whereas your paper, you have to turn it in and wait and get feedback and hope that you get a good grade on it. But it's not that guaranteed pleasure as cleaning your kitchen is. So your brain is doing a totally normal thing. So the other two things that might be keeping you from getting things done when you want to or getting as much done as you want to are types of distractions. So one could be distractions that you find and one could be distractions that other people bring to you. Your family asking for your help, other people asking you to volunteer for things, people asking you to pick up shifts or take on projects. People might bring you lots of distractions or you might go seek out some distractions just by looking around and noticing what else needs to be done or thinking something else sounds more fun. All of those are distractions. We're gonna treat it all the same way. Because really the difference between if you're finding the distractions or other people are bringing them to you is where the voice is coming from. It could be a voice in your own head saying, oh, that's more important right now. That's more interesting. This sounds boring. This sounds fun. Or it could be a voice from outside your head. Your child saying, can you give me a ride to this place? Or I need this right now. Or your partner saying, what's for dinner? Those are coming from outside you, the other one's coming from inside, but we can handle it all the same way, okay? Now, as we get into how to manage this, I wanna give a caveat first by saying, I am not an expert in ADD or ADHD. And so if you are diagnosed with either of those things or you feel like you have some processing or sensory diagnosis going on, then what I say may or may not be pertinent to you. I don't know for sure. So I just wanna invite you to take what's helpful to you and leave whatever isn't helpful to you as always. And also encourage you that if you feel like you need more support with this, then seek out an expert in those areas. So this is what has helped for me. First is knowing what I just said about how our brains work. So we need to know that when it comes time to do the thing we plan to do, we're not going to want to. Our brains are going to look for an exit. They're going to look for an escape. Because working on your schoolwork sounds hard and boring. Or cooking dinner sounds hard and boring. Or meal planning sounds hard and boring. So there's nothing wrong with you if when it comes time to do that thing, you're like, oh, I really don't want to. Or something else seems more important and we get distracted easily. It's totally normal that we do that. But if we know that that's how our brain works, then it changes how we approach it. Because what I used to think is, when I go to do that thing, I need to feel motivated to do it. I need to feel motivated to go for a run and then I'll do it. Or I need to feel excited about what I'm making for dinner or, or meal planning or whatever. Like I need to have some positive emotion around it. But once I learned that that's not how our brains work and it's pretty uncommon that that's how we feel about doing something that takes a lot of energy or effort, then I was able to let that part go. And instead, I just plan on when it comes time to do the thing, I'm not gonna wanna do it, and I'm gonna do it anyway. So that's step one. 
And actually, I should back up. A step before that is plan to do the thing. A lot of times we don't have a plan. We're like, I'll just see when there's time to exercise. I'll just see when there's time to meal plan. I'll just see when there's time to clean the bathrooms. And we wait and see and hope that there's this gap in our plans for the day at some point that's like, oh, this is a convenient time to go do that. What I've found is we're pretty good at filling our time. Those gaps don't happen very often because as soon as there starts to be a gap, we usually find something to fill it with. And if you haven't decided ahead of time what you're going to fill it with, your brain's going to fill it with the stuff that sounds more fun. So first is plan. And you can be flexible with your plan. I need flexibility. I build that into my plan. I'm like, you know what? This is when I think I'm going to record the podcast episode. If it doesn't happen then, because I know having kids can be a little unpredictable, then this is my backup time. Okay, so give yourself that flexibility, especially if you feel like there's a lot of unpredictability in your life. Okay, plan for it. And then step two is expect to not be excited about it and to not want to do it when the time comes. But then step three is to do it anyway. Now, I know that can feel hard that we're like, oh, I just have to force myself to do it anyway. But I want you to think about the different areas of your life where you do that and you don't think twice about it. Like if you are planning to catch a flight, you have bought a ticket to ride on an airplane and you have a flight coming up. If your flight is at two o'clock in the afternoon and you're getting ready to go to the airport and then all of a sudden you notice that your kitchen's messy, you're not going to be like, oh, wait a second, I can't go to the airport right now, I have to clean my kitchen. Right? Or you're not going to be like, oh, wait, I just need to keep scrolling Instagram and watch 20 more reels and then I'll go to the airport. No. Because you are committed to getting on that flight. So I want you to think of those commitments to yourself with the same level of dedication. Like the plane's leaving at two o'clock, right? Like I said, I was going to write my paper at two o'clock. Plane's leaving. So I'm not going to go and do these other things and get distracted and be pulled in whatever direction. It's two o'clock or I miss the plane. Okay. And it helps me to think about it in that way. Cause I think a lot of times we're like, Oh, it's flexible. It doesn't matter. And, and we are willing to change our plans all the time when they're commitments to ourselves. But the thing is, then we erode our relationship with ourselves. We feel like our needs and our goals and the things that are important to us don't matter. Especially if it's when other people are asking us to do things. Maybe you're planning to write your paper at a certain time and your kid comes in and says, hey, I need a ride to this place. If you were planning to go to the airport at that time, would you disregard your flight and go drive your child to their friend's house? Probably not, right? Because you're committed to it. What if we were as dedicated with commitments to ourselves? Like recently, a nurse reached out to me and was saying how it's hard for her to find time to do her schoolwork because her family's not respecting her time. She's like, they don't believe me when I say I need more than two hours to study for my test over the weekend. And I was so glad she said it that way because 
often what we're doing is we're expecting other people to defend our time for us. When we go into a patient's room and they keep asking us questions and asking for help and reposition their tray table and all kinds of stuff and we stay in there way longer than we think we should have and we're like, oh my gosh, I have all these other patients and all these other priorities, but I got stuck in this room. It's because we're expecting our patient to manage our time for us and to defend our time for us. But instead, you need to be the manager of your time. When you're in a patient's room and they're asking you to do all these things, you can be kind and respectful to them, but you know what your priorities are. You know what else needs to get done. So it's totally appropriate to say, I totally hear you. I'm going to come back and help you with this, or I'm going to send someone else to help you in with this. But right now I've got some really important things to do for my other patients. And I'm so sorry that I can't take any more time in here right now. So you see how you become in charge of your time? So that's how I want you to think about it with other people as well. We're not going to expect them to manage our time, that they give us the time we need to study or they give us the time we need to clean the house or do things. We're going to defend that time. And you get to decide what that looks like for you. It could be just saying no. It could be physically relocating to a different space so that they're not there and you're not available for them to ask you things, whether it's an office or a bedroom with a locked door or going to a cafe or going to the library. But that's your responsibility, not theirs. And I really want to drive that point home for your sake, because When you give that power to other people and you're expecting them to manage it all, it gets really frustrating. Then we feel like our needs aren't being met and we're waiting for other people to do it. So that's why I'm saying for your sake, take the ownership back and be like, oh no, this is my time to manage. This is my responsibility to get these things done that I want to. And I'm going to defend and protect that time. Okay. That'll be way less frustrating for you. I promise. All right. Now, like I said, in both these cases where it's your internal mind finding the distractions, that voice in your head being like, oh, that sounds fun, or I wouldn't do this instead, or it's an external voice, someone asking for you and requesting your help with something or your time with something, you're going to answer it in the same way. So first is literally answering it. So if it's a voice in your head that's saying, oh, we should do this right now, or this is more important, or really we should be doing this, or that doesn't sound fun, I want you to answer that voice. So think about what you would say if you were about to get on a flight. How would you answer yourself in that situation? You'd be like, oh no, we're not going to do that right now. What I have planned is important. Catching this flight is important. I'm committed to getting on that flight, right? You've got to answer yourself in that same way and answer other people in that same way. Writing my paper is important, so I'm going to do that right now. Exercising is important, so I'm going to do that right now, right? So we've got to answer ourselves and answer the other people around us. Now, the second part, and I think this is the harder part for people, is managing your emotions. When it comes to yourself, when you're the one who's like, this other thing sounds more fun, I'd rather do that instead. 
We have to manage our emotions around it. We have to be kind of disappointed sometimes that we're not going to do the fun thing or kind of disappointed that we're doing the harder thing. And maybe we're going to feel some stress or some overwhelm and exhaustion as we have to use our brain to think through something challenging and put more effort into something. So we've got to manage our emotions around that. Now, with other people, a lot of times we think we have to manage their emotions around it. We're like, yeah, I can tell my kid I'm not going to give them a ride, but they're going to be mad about that, right? But instead of trying to manage their emotions, I want you to manage your emotions about their emotions, we're going to expect that they're probably going to be frustrated or mad or disappointed or irritated or whatever emotions come up for them because we're not meeting their request. But that's okay. It's not a problem for them to experience those emotions until we make it a problem for us, till we make it mean something about us, like I'm selfish or whatever. But you don't have to choose those thoughts. You can choose, no, I committed to myself. This is important. I'm determined to get this done, just like if I were catching a flight. Okay, so you got to manage your emotions about their emotions. You can feel compassion for them. You can feel understanding. You get to decide how you feel about however they feel. Okay, so that's the work you have to do. You need to plan for when you're going to do the thing. When that time comes, plan to not want to do it, but do it anyway. And the way to do it anyway is by answering your brain, reminding it that it's what you're doing is important and you're committed and manage your emotions around it. Okay. Now I want to be clear here as I'm describing this to you, this isn't like an all or nothing thing. I'm not saying that you never hear your family's requests and you're not flexible with your plans. That's not what I'm suggesting to you. But what if we just brought more of that commitment and energy to ourselves and to the things that we want to get done as we do to commitments we make to other people or those things that really aren't flexible like a flight? That's why I keep using that example. So what if we just had more of that mindset like what I'm doing is important it matters. I'm not going to just abandon it as soon as anyone asks me to, or as soon as something else comes up, I'm committed to this. And sometimes you might choose to be flexible or you might choose to not follow through on something you say you're going to do or change your plans. And that's totally fine. But in those cases, think about how you would approach it with a friend. If I had told someone I was going to their baby shower and then something came up and I wasn't going to go anymore, I would check in with them. I'd reach out. I'd say, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. This is what came up. I'd love to come celebrate you another time, like go out to lunch or bring you your gift or whatever, right? Like we're going to check back in and show that respect and love for that person. And that's what I like to do with myself too, where it's like, oh, I had committed to cleaning the house at this time and it didn't happen. These other things came up. I'm not going to beat myself up for it, but I'm also going to check in with myself and be like, this is what came up. I chose to do this instead. I still value you and your plans and your desires. How can I make it up to you? What, when do we want to do it instead? 
Okay. So treat yourself with that same compassion, but your goals and your things you want to work on do matter. And it's okay to say no to others and follow through on your commitments to yourself. And that's going to help you nurture your relationship with yourself, have more trust in yourself and more confidence and more self-respect. It's a beautiful thing. Once you value yourself as much as you do other people. All right, well, give this a try. I'm excited for you to apply it. This might be a totally different way of approaching it than you've tried before. I know a lot of times we're told other people's needs are more important and then we end up eroding our relationship with ourselves because we think I'm lazy, I'm procrastinating, I don't follow through. But it doesn't have to be that way. You can be loving and giving and generous to others and follow through on your commitments and needs and your own desires. Have a beautiful week and I'll talk to you later. Take care.